How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to Emerald City Hockey post game live. RJ, it feels good to be back uh, doing one of it these does. at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and uh, wow, RJ, exciting one in this one. Oh my goodness. Wow. You, you got to be back too, huh? Right off the uh, bat, huh? Right off the bat, Africa's charging in there. It, uh, it feels good to be back after a Kraken win too, RJ. I mean, this was a close game. It was a game the Kraken kind of needed to win against one of the other teams that they're right there neck and neck with in the wild card race. They pick up the two points. Unfortunately, it seems like everybody else picked up two points tonight. But Kraken continue the point streak, RJ. Bring it to seven games. That was great to see. Yeah, and it doesn't matter what these other teams do. I mean, if the Kraken keep playing like this, you keep collecting their points. These other teams are going to lose at some point. And whether it's Calgary, who was one of the teams in your way that you've now beat and passed in the standings, those opportunities are going to come. And, and the most important thing is that the Kraken look like themselves. They've kind of found a formula to win these games. Maybe it's a little less exciting than some of the games they won last season, but it's a formula that's working and getting the two points in the standings is what really matters. Yes, it does. And what also matters, RJ, is, of course, Flatstick Pub, the wonderful sponsor of all of these post-game lives. Big shout out to them and want to let everybody know for the Winter Classic there, it's Pioneer Square, right? So that's, that's Yes, that's correct. correct. Yep, their Pioneer Square location is going to be opening early rj on the day of the winter classic so everybody can get in there get some mini golf going get some other pub games going and, and pre-game a little before the winter classic which will be a lot of fun yeah definitely it's going to be a great time there and of course you know winter classic big event you go there early get ready for the game you know you play enough of your games yourself you know at flat stick play some um you know some duffel board get get used mm -hmm. to everything and then when the game rolls around you're ready Yep, definitely. All right, heading on over into chat. Jeremiah kicking things off with the nice W. It was a nice W, <laughs> RJ, right? It was clean. It was simple. You just you get in there, get your two goals, shut things down defensively, walk home with two points. Yeah, I mean, it, it kind of was the extension of like a good road period. You know, like the road first period, right? You just you don't want to get in there, play solidly, do okay. Kind of just felt like they did that the whole game capitalized in the third when they needed to and just they were in control the whole time it felt like oh definitely zoe that was a must win and we did the thing uh b chris drieger killed it by the way dude hasn't played in the nhl in over a year and looks so darn good i know brian in here what a victory so happy for Driegs. it was great rjc and chris drieger back in there starting an nhl game again it's been a very very long time i know you have the exact number of days uh it's been a long long time maybe a little bit of rust in the first period, but otherwise he shut things down. Right. And the rust was really just on kind of a miscommunication play there where I just felt like, okay, that's maybe the result of having a goalie that hasn't played for your team specifically in 605 days, which is how long it's been for Chris Drieger. But I think that has to be the biggest story of this game is, is Chris Drieger's performance. And I just feel so good for him. This long journey back that he's had since finishing the inaugural season with the Kraken. Obviously, everybody wanted to do better after that first year. And then Drieger goes to the World Championships, tears his ACL, and he is out for a significant amount of time. Can't come back until late in last season. And at that point, you know, Martin Jones and Philip Grubauer have that tandem established. He's got to go down to Coachella Valley. And he's just worked his way back. He's really earned a shot to get this game. And you know what? He made the most of it. I, I just feel great for him. 
Oh, definitely. And got some super chats here that uh, also echoing that sentiment. First one from Chip. Drieg surprised me after that first period. What an important game to win. We still have a lot of work to get to the wild card, but this was big. It was big, RJ. I mean, Kraken were tied at 33 points. Peace with the Flames. And uh, anytime you can, you know, get one of these kind of swing games, that's really, really important for them. And then, yes, Chris Drieger, you know, looking great after that first period, just shutting it down the rest of the way. And also from Seth here, number 60 proves why he was the first pick in three expansion drafts uh wife wonders <laughs> if either of you will be at the media skate so yes we are planning to go to the media skate actually dylan i just sent in the email to rsvp for it a little bit before getting on this stream so yes we should be at the media skate uh really looking forward to that that's going to be a fun event Oh, yeah, it's going to be so, so much fun. Really looking forward to that. Maybe not looking forward so much to trying to get my skates through, uh, you know, in my carry-on through the TSA, but uh, I'm sure it'll go fine, right? Okay, so Dylan, question for you here. I know you haven't skated in a while. What's happened more recently? Chris Drieger playing an NHL game before today or you ice skating? Chris Drieger playing an NHL game. It, I haven't ice skated since pre-COVID, so it's going to be interesting. <laughs> You know what? If Driggs can catch a stride, I'm I'm sure you can do it too. I have like like I've been out roller stuff. I've done that. So I you know, I've been doing this since I was same. You don't need to actually stop. I was gonna say I've been ice skating since before I was three years old. I I'll be fine. Uh light with the super chat here. Those of us from the inaugural season probably remember the team never playing their best for Chris. Tonight felt like payback. Also, the Maddie line made the flames look like children. Yes, I mean, going back to that inaugural season, RJ. I mean, Chris Drieger, part of it, the whole team was kind of rough around the edges, we'll say, when it yeah. came to a lot of things, but particularly covering for Chris Drieger's. Mm, more excitable style of goaltending i'll call it yeah i i think that's a good way to phrase it and yeah drieger played a very different style than philip grubauer he'd take a lot of risks he'd come out of the net try and challenge shots and that team was just not defensively equipped to deal with it but i think you saw a different kraken team this time i mean the number of shots that they blocked in this game especially from the slot from those key scoring areas where it felt like every kraken defense was just trying to get their legs in the way of pucks um and i think it really helped Driggs out i mean really the one time you didn't see it was on that goal against where you know alexiak comes out and there's just kind of that miscommunication Drieger gets really aggressive like if he knows alexiak's going to do that he can stay at the post and do his thing but it's like as soon as they got used to what he does they were able to play really well in front of him yeah and to be perfectly honest i also thought he was a little bit more controlled than he's been in the past as well like i i think his I, I would game agree has with that matured a little bit there in in that regard and then yes that maddie line rj especially in the third period they had two massive shifts in the third period just completely hammering the flames keeping them buried deep in their own zone cycling the puck getting grade a chances i mean the maddie line we talked about it earlier when we recorded the deep dive what tatar has brought to that line how it's kind of helped wake up maddie how much that chemistry is playing now particularly in the system that the kraken are running i know they didn't get on the board in this game rj and yet i feel like almost this was one of their best games together yeah, and I think Dave Haxtell would probably agree with you because you know what? They were the first line again. Five on five ice time. They had the most of any line uh, by quite a bit, actually. They're almost a minute more than the Gord line. And, and so those two were kind of clearly the top six. It's great to see the Veneers line being trusted as a true first line again, uh, which is what Haxtell was doing tonight. Like, I think that tells you everything you need to know. 60, what, 63% of shot quality in that time as well. I mean, they just killed it. 
Oh yeah, no, they had a they had a great one. Uh, they had a great game this one for sure. Um, Blaze King Gaming, and we can now resume breathing. Ryan, we finally doused the flames. Love both of those. Uh, Cody regulation win. We take their spot in the wild card race. Nice four point swing. Let's go. Uh, some more love for Dregs from Christian. Then Lindsay, not sure what damaged my health more, the stress the stress from the ending of that game or all the cookies I ate. We let's go cracking. I mean, yeah. There's lots of stuff going on in this one. I, I got to think it was the stress from the game. Cookies are good for, for everything, especially the soul, Lindsay. You're all That's good. true. I mean, that, that'll help with the stress. But yeah, this game was stressful at the end, though. I do love how the Kraken defended, though, in the final couple minutes, really. The Flames never got that many quality chances with the goalie pull. It took them a while to even get set up there. Um, I, I just like that defending at the end. And I, in that last play, the last shot that the Flames threw in from the point two, you could see Brandon Tanev, like, kind of diving at it with his head like head first yes. going at that shot and like, what is it with the Tanev brothers and doing that because they showed a video clip earlier of how Chris Tanev mm -hmm. got injured right where yeah. he had a similar thing he was going to block a shot and just head first and it hit him what is it about that family I they just they leave it all out there on the ice RJ I don't know what else I, to we've call known it. this I guess they, there's the yeah <laughs> no I know they're they're just built different that way uh Gregory Got the super chat here. Lemon Lime Gatorade time. Bay Bay. Drieger had some fantastic saves. Glad to see him back. Our passing tonight was it was so good. I left the Gatorade on the counter, RJ. I Dylan. There we go. Oh, Coming yes. Clutch. There we go. Nice. <laughs> How was that? Yeah, here we go. Create a little bit of drama there. The passing, though, RJ. Yeah, no, it's Gatorade after it. Sorry. Uh, the passing <laughs> tonight, RJ, was fantastic. And it really, I mean, kicking us off with the first goal, the outlet pass to Vin, from Vince Dunn to Kaylor Yamamoto. I mean, insane, RJ. That stretch pass was fantastic. That play was ridiculous. I had to go back and watch it several times. I, I tweeted about it three separate times because I just could not get over that play. I mean, he's under pressure there. He's about to take a hit. He's off balance, too. Like, if you mm -hmm. look at after he sends that pass, he's, like, leaning backwards. I mean, he's about to fall down. Mm -hmm. And he just threads it tape to tape to Kyler Yamamoto. That is a special play. There's only a handful of players in the NHL that can do that. And, and Vince Dunn, we see him do it fairly regularly he's capable of that sort of thing um it, it just makes him you know up in that you know i, I don't want to say elite but like right up there offensively with what he can do allison lucan of course pointing out that he's first in the nhl again this year in stretch passes and i mean you see why yeah and if anybody goes back and watches that play the thing that i would say to pay attention to is the way that he he looks around Right. He takes two looks before he gets to the puck. He knows the puck's in the corner. He knows he's going to be the first one there. He takes he takes the first look, sees that he's got a flames bear, flames player bearing down on him. He recognizes him, looks back at the puck, makes sure he's on track, takes another look, looks past the flames player this time. And that's where he can see Yamamoto start to break up the ice. And so he knows he's got that he one that he's under pressure and two that he's going to have that outlet opportunity for him. And then he just makes the play, which is, you know, arguably the hardest part about all of that. I also thought it was really nice um, off of that goal, RJ. I don't know if you noticed, but when they went down the bench, Right. You know, everybody getting the, the hockey fives down the bench. Vince Dunn led that that uh, little <laughs> little group there, followed by Adam Larson, who also picked up an assist on that play. So it doesn't happen very often that the goal scorer isn't the first person down the line there. But I thought that was a nice acknowledgement from for the play from the guys on the back end. 
For sure. Well-deserved. I mean, and you could hear it in the intermission interview with Yamamoto, too, as he was talking with Piper, right? He's just like, what a pass. You know, I can't believe he got that to me. You know, the, yeah. the players on the receiving end know how incredible a play that is. Definitely. And thank you for the Gatorade, Gregory. Another super chat here from Light. Also, can we all LMAO over Huberto having his pointless streak extended? Has to be one of the worst contracts and trades in a long time. Uh, this is a good conversation maybe for tomorrow's Red Glare, RJ. Uh, the whole Huberto contract situation. I feel bad for him. I'm sorry. I just can't pile on entirely. I kind of just feel bad for him. He left a good situation in Florida. Now he's just kind of stuck with this um, this listless Flames team, RJ, that feels right back in the days of a Ginland Kippersoff. They're right on that borderline of being a playoff team. Not bad enough to really rebuild, not good enough to really go anywhere. How do the Flames keep finding themselves there, RJ? I know. I mean, stuck in that 9-10 seed territory. I mean, look, they they had a couple players in Goudreau and, and Kachuk that left. And, you know, they had to get what they could for him. I feel bad for Huberto, too, because that was just a trade. I know he signed the extension. He didn't have to do that. But, like, mm -hmm. you get traded there. That's not really your say. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, it is what it is. Um, let's see, Seth, that was an awesome game. Barely breathed the last five minutes. I don't know, RJ, like I, I, I just kind of felt it tonight. I, th I thought they were good. Um, Striatic coming in with the goalie controversy, JK. <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, it's, that. is it controversial, controversial, just how good all the Kraken goalies are playing? I don't know. That is that the controversy? I guess so. Who Aaron, do you play there? Who do you want to get the win <laughs> at this yeah, point? Yeah, basically that's, that's basically what you got to come down to Aaron. That was about as greasy a win as you can get beautiful. Yeah. I mean, really RJ, when you look at it, I think the one thing the Kraken could have improved on was, you know, don't take so many penalties. Yeah, I think staying out of the box would certainly help and maybe against a team that's better than Calgary. I don't know where they rank power play wise, but their power play didn't exactly take advantage of some of those opportunities. And credit to the crack in PK. But again, some teams are going to burn you and there's nothing you can do about that. It's been a bit of an issue, I'd say, over the last month or so. Um, but, you know, they do get away with it here definitely Bach. how about we never do that to my heart again cracking or hearing from my lawyers <laughs> oh man good stuff uh we're gonna start calling them the cardiac kraken rj i mean maybe if all their games are this close and, and especially lower scoring too i don't know it, it might be now, dylan question for you do you think this is kind of the new strategy right i mean playing for these two to one type games being responsible defensively and just trying to eke out a win this way or at least a point I think so, right? I mean, this is kind of what they're going for. They've they've gotten a little bit more conservative defensively. They want to help limit those opportunities. They've getting they're getting great goaltending, which is going to keep the other teams' uh, goal total low. And then on the other side, right? They're not shooting a ton. Only twenty one shots in this one. I talked about this with Mike on the post game last time after the Ducks game. Shout out to him for covering one more time. Um, they're not they're not in the business now of getting a bunch of shots anymore, right? They're going to pick and choose when they can get, you know, a good opportunity and 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 try to score off of that. And I think both of those two things combined, RJ, kind of lend themselves to these kinds of games where it's going to be 2-1, 3-2, 3-1, something like that, rather than the, uh, you know, endless 4-3 shenanigans we were seeing before. Yeah, and I think you are seeing the emphasis in shot quality as well. I mean, you look at this three-game win streak, LA, Anaheim, and now Calgary, all of those 2-1 or 3-2 games, and the Kraken got pretty heavily outshot in all of them. But you look at shot quality, and maybe it tells a different story. Although, I mean, tonight, if you look at the expected goals, yeah. Flames had a pretty big maybe advantage. Maybe not tonight. <laughs> yeah, maybe not tonight. Again, but there were there were no real gimmies, though, aside from that first. Mm -hmm. There were no like, empty net tap-ins. Drieger had a chance on every one of those.
Oh, definitely. Yeah, and I think that that's what's important. Like I said, they're giving sight lines to their goaltenders while they're playing a little bit more conservative. They're making sure they always have a defenseman around to help clear out a rebound. They're making sure the centers are coming back lower into the zone to help out a little bit too. So I, I think the way that they're playing, it's, it is sustainable, um, at least on the back end. The shooting, you know, we'll, we'll see how that holds up over time. But certainly for right now, it looks like they're, they're good to go. And that includes RJ. One Alexander Wenberg, as Coop's pointing out, Wenny actually shooting. That was an insane goal. Did you know he could do that? Like, we knew he could score goals. We've seen him score some big-time goals. But to just grab it, tough angle, up over the shoulder like that, I mean, that was pretty. It was really pretty. And I remember, I'm sure chat can help me out with this. It was like, what, a couple weeks ago or something where Wenberg had another really nice short side snipe. It's something that is in his toolbox as we are slowly learning. I mean, you talk about the emphasis on shot quality versus shot quantity. I mean, that is Alex Wenberg defined, right? When he does shoot, usually ends up looking pretty good. He just doesn't shoot very often. Exactly. And well, and this year, I feel like he's shooting a little bit more. He had 46 shots on goal coming into this game. That's not that far behind some other guys on the team. Uh, so I, I think he's, you know, trying to do it a little bit more this season. But yeah, I mean, it's it's not the number one aspect of his game. We all know that. But dang, that, like that's one of the prettiest cracking goals we've seen. <laughs> yeah. And, and one more on that goal. Actually, I realized it was his bobblehead night in Florida, as I as I I'm sure maybe chat said something, but I found it on Twitter. It was his bobblehead night in Florida, that short side. And I was looking at the video of that goal that I posted and you could see it was on a two on one and Bobrovsky was kind of cheating a little bit over for the pass. And so Wenberg took advantage. And I, I think you have a similar thing in this one where, you know, there's another guy that Wenberg's with and Markstrom's cheating over a little bit. And, and Yamamoto even mentioned in the intermission interview with Piper, like after his goal that he thought Markstrom was cheating a little bit you know, toward the, the glove side. And so the blocker was available. I think the Kraken, that might be part of the pre-scout. Like, keep your head yeah. up, see where the goalie is. He might be off his angle. Yeah, no, I, because I, I thought about that. It also looked like Markstrom was a little deep in his net too for that one. Mm -hmm. Like, just a lot of body behind the goal line. Um, Lots of lots more love for, for Chris Drieger, of course. And then Sam here, 2.3 goals saved above expected on money puck for Drieger. Case in point, he stole the game for us. It's true. Yeah, no, I mean, I... I yeah, and I, I don't want to take anything away from Drieger. He did fantastic. This is not even a comment on Drieger. But I feel like, no, but just the way the Kraken are playing, their system the last three games yeah. is really goalie friendly. They see yep. a lot of pucks, but they're the kind of pucks that help you get into a game and get involved in a game. Oh, no, they are, right? Like, and this is why, you know, we talk about Joey Decord's save percentage. We talked about that on the deep dive earlier and it being at a number that we didn't think was possible for a cracking goaltender, not because they're not good, just because we never thought the team would let them see enough shots for them to have something kind of, you know, average out to be that high. Uh, definitely appears as though they are doing that in this one. You know, Chris Drieger making 37 saves. I mean, that'll that'll certainly Incredible. help get, there, get you there uh, on his end for sure. Some Super Chaps rolling in here. RJ, first one from Jessica. Love the PK killing it with Turbo in the box. Really speaks to the quality of the PK coaching. I mean, the PK unit, RJ, I mean, just continuing to play so strong, so well. I, I know it's it's a unit. Everybody's got to play their part. They all are, are playing their part. But Brandon Tanev just makes this whole thing go. It's unreal, RJ. He'll be out there for about, what, a minute 20, it feels like, for the total two minutes on all these PKs. And he is just so disruptive and, and just paralyzes the other team. They're just stuck passing it back and forth up high. They're just not able to get anything going when he's out there. 
Yeah, it's so dangerous when he's on the ice. And I know even when he was in the box, the guys step up. And I think they maybe see that as a challenge too. try and bring a little bit of your own turbo energy while he's in the box. Um, but, you know, it, it's all it makes all the difference when he's in the lineup versus if he's injured and out like we saw earlier this season. It feels like that unit just doesn't have their mojo. But him being in the game just makes a big difference. Yes, it does. Uh, my Spunkompton boy Yams uh, name really going to look really good on my winter classic sweater when I finally snag it. That's a super chat from Jenna. Yeah, I mean, Yamamoto RJ, you know, we talked about this earlier. It's been a big point of conversation throughout all these post games all season long. The depth scoring, fourth line scoring. Yamamoto's really starting to figure it out here. Yeah, and it feels like a lot of his goals are just really well-timed in games, uh -huh. just very important goals. I mean, you know, he's not, I'm, I'm looking at the the crack in this year. I'm trying to see where he's ranked in, in goal scoring for the team, but it's not super high. Well, actually, yeah, sixth on the team, fifth He'll on the team. That's pretty good. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, up to, he's up to five. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I yeah, that's, uh, you know, decent numbers. Actually, I was going to say he doesn't score very much, but when he does, it's really timely. Actually, he scores a decent amount. So, you know, <laughs> forget that then. Yeah, I mean, I know this team doesn't have like a, a ton of scoring, but just to, just to throw a name out there, I mean, Daniel Sprong was tied for third last year on the team coming off the fourth line. Maybe maybe he really is just filling in and he's got some of that Sprong energy. Just a little bit. Just saying, just saying. Uh, Light, I looked it up so you don't have to. When he had 101 shots on goal last season and 64 so far this season. So he's shooting either around the same or less. So that's that's coming in for Light. All right. You've proven me wrong. Numbers don't lie. Appreciate the super chat. I'm 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 down with that. That's fine. Uh, what was his shooting percentage last year? Shooting percentage of 12.9. So actually his shooting percentage is also down this year, RJ. So I don't know. He's he's traded in the volume of goals for pretty goals. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, good. that's that's a deal you, you might make a little bit. You know, they they don't ask how many, they ask how, Dylan. Yes, they ask how many times were you in the highlight package. That's what matters, mm -hmm. <laughs> as we all know. And in, now that ESPN and Sports Center are part of the NHL, uh, gotta gotta get on there. And then Cameron here with the super chat. Hope you guys and everyone had a good Christmas. Will both of you be at the Winter Classic? Uh, so yes, we are definitely we're gonna be at the Winter Classic. We've got our credentials. We're all good to go for that. We'll be doing the media skate, all that stuff. Um, we're going to be doing two kind of get-togethers. Uh, to hang out and, and meet with everybody. The first one will be on the 30th. Uh, we'll be doing the Winter Hockey Hall over at the Queen Anne Beer Hall, the original location over by Climate Pledge Arena. We're going to be a little late to that because it's right after the, the media skate and everything. So we're going to head over there. We're, we're guessing around 9 o'clock p.m. We'll, we'll be around at the at Queen Anne Beer Hall. We're going to be doing some stuff on the stage, take questions, all that kind of good stuff. And then on the 31st, we are going to be at the NHL Fan Fest that's over at Lumen Field in the north parking lot there. At six o'clock, we're gonna we're gonna try to set something up. We don't know exactly like where within Fan Fest we'll do that meetup. Maybe it'll just be at the entrance, but six o'clock on the 31st at the Fan Fest over at Lumen Field. Really looking forward to that. Yeah, and that the Fan Fest, by the way, starts at well, around 4:30 at the conclusion of the Seahawks game is when that'll start. They'll open it up. So it'll be open for maybe an hour and a half or so before the meetup. We'll be there walking around trying to find a good spot. Just stay tuned to our socials, stay tuned to you know the Twitter, the Discord, Instagram, all that stuff. We'll let everyone know where we are. 
definitely uh so looking forward to being able to see everybody should be a lot of fun uh go check yourself we punted the proverbial can down the road tonight let's go fellas i'm glad they're focusing on the high danger offensive chances uh Lindsay, joey and drager the og crack and goaltending duo from the expansion draft yeah and we haven't really seen it ever rj that's true. And those were, yeah, those are the two goalies the Kraken picked in the expansion draft. Uh, well, sorry, two of the three, aside from Vitek Vanacek, Kraken legend. Uh, yes. Can't forget about him. But those were the two goalies that ended up actually playing for the Kraken they took in the expansion draft. That's really cool. I hadn't thought about it like that. No, that is that is a lot of fun. Thank you for bringing that up. Striatic, absolutely smash that like button in honor of Chris Drieger's ridiculous save percentage tonight. Yes, that, that's that's a good reason to do it for sure. I think, does this get his overall crack and save percentage over 900? I think he was at 899 before this game. Just for It would have one. to. It would have to. If he it didn't was play that, that close, many I games. So. He didn't play that many games. Yeah. I, I got to think so. Uh, Hockey Fork, I've been waiting a year and a half to say it. Fear the Dreeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, glad Love you're it. able to say it now, Hockey Fork. Daniel, uh, could you imagine how awesome a Wenberg McCann Burakovsky line could be? Yes. Oh my gosh, that line could be really dangerous, RJ. Berkey setting up McCann like that. That could be a lot of fun. Yeah, and Burakovsky was is traveling with the team for this game. Yep. I mean, he was there at morning skate in Calgary. Uh, didn't take line rushes, didn't play, of course, but you know, that's a, another part of his progression. Haxtell said it was time for him to travel with the team. Yep. But Kraken are finding ways to win now. Felt like we just had bad luck before. I do think there was an element of bad luck previously, RJ. I also think it was just them, you know, not really playing to their strengths. And now they are playing to their strengths. And I think that that's a that's a big part of this. Yeah, and bringing a 60 minute effort consistently. I mean, they're in this game in the last three, four, five, six, really, there hasn't been like a, you know, a 10 minute stretch or so where they've been awful. Like in previous games, they would have just a short stretch where they would just be terrible and make really bad mistakes and kind of throw the game away. They're just not doing that. And you can just see yep. the success you can have in the absence of those mistakes. Yeah, it's it's been nice. It's been nice to say the least. <laughs> Noah Turbo was putting his body on the line in the last four minutes of the third. Every time he'd come back out for a shift, RJ, after limping off, after just trying to get back to the bench, I was just like, this man, right? Like he was, he it was just incredible. But that's hockey, right? That's what a hockey player does. You you lay your body on the line. It stings. You're hurting. You get to the bench, and then for whatever reason, on the bench, you get like this magical boost of healing properties, and then you're able to go back out there and finish the game. Yeah, the adrenaline kicks in. You feel the pain, and then all of a sudden, it kind of goes away as the adrenaline kicks in. Um, I think anyone who's blocked a shot at any level, <laughs> you know, on the inside of the leg or where there hasn't been padding, kind of knows that experience. Uh, but at the NHL, it's a it's a whole another level. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, he's he's awesome. Always throwing his body in front of the net. Hockey, the one sport where you can't walk it off, so you sit it off on the bench. Yeah. Just What's don't that? take the skate off if you get hit in the skate. No. That's what you're always <laughs> told because you're never getting that skate back on. No, 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 no. The swelling will not allow that. B, wouldn't be surprised if Turbo gets the hat just for all those block shots at the end of the third. I would say that that, you know, that deserves the hat. Lindsay agreeing as well, uh, saying Turbo deserves the hat for, for those. Um, Sydney, let me know. Uh, Sydney's traveled with figure skates through TSA plenty of times. Bet you'll be fine. Good to know. I mean, it says on the TSA side, I should be good. Which I, okay i should be good it's not a water bottle you're okay dylan <laughs> exactly um man good stuff there uh let's see um anthony joey's gonna go to new uh new jersey devils probably against the sens uh would 
wouldn't hate Drieger getting a home start Friday. Yeah, I mean, what do you what do you do here, RJ, if you're Hackstall, right? Because we had talked about this. It kind of seemed a little odd to start Drieger now because Joey had been hot. You don't want him to sit too long. He just had to sit because of the, the three-day holiday break. I mean, where do you go from here? Because Drieger looks really good. Right. I'd go back to Joey, especially because you have the Winter Classic coming up. I guess I'd go with whichever goalie you intend to start in the Winter Classic. And I really think that's probably Joey. You want to get them a game in ahead of time to kind of get them back on track. And I agree with the point where I was a little puzzled this morning that they would go with Trieger just because it's been three days for Joey. You don't want him to get too rusty. I certainly don't think you want him going and starting the Winter Classic after not having played for a week. Yeah, I I would say so. Um, CJ Kraken faceoffs at thirty three percent. That equals a win. It does. <laughs> See, they're on board. The the team's on board there. Oh man, it's it's some good stuff. Uh, Tim though asking the question just because we're on this with the goaltender. Now, what do they do when Gru comes back? Yeah, well, when Gru comes back, I, I know it was a great game for Drieger. I think you do send Drieger back, certainly because also for cap reasons, you're going to need to do that, as I explained in our uh, armchair GM stream, where you're going to need to clear up some cap space. That's kind of the obvious way to do it. So Drieger would go back down. Um, and then as far as you know, who gets what starts and how they ease guys back in, we did talk about this on the Deep Dive podcast released earlier today. Um, I think maybe we had a little bit of a disagreement. I, I think Haxtell won't be afraid to go with Joey if he keeps up this level of play I know you think that um, Grubauer is is in the long term gonna be the guy because of his contract situation yeah I just think that contract kind of dictates things a little bit it's a little bit too big uh, to ignore entirely that being said I, I you did convince me right if they're in the wild card chase if they're really making a strong push for it no coach is going to bench the guy who's getting you to that position to put in you know, somebody else, regardless of contracts, regardless of anything, right? You're going with the goaltender who's putting W's on the board. And if that's Joey Decord still, it's going to be Joey who who continues to play moving forward there. Yeah, to, to quote a former Flames coach, W's. W's. That's when I'm impressed. Yep. <laughs> Very good. And on uh, that topic, though, I see, oh, sorry, on the bottom of a chat, yep. crack until I die, Drieger will be trade bait. Thoughts on that? I mean, because, you know, if he played really well, maybe there's other teams watching right now and might be willing to take a chance on him. I've always thought that that's potentially in the cards. I think that that's something that the Kraken could do. The real question would be, is somebody willing to take on that whole cap hit? Because I don't know that the Kraken are going to want to, say, retain some on a Drieger deal unless they're really blown away by the offer. Well, I mean, retaining half would still save you money over burying him in the minors. So I think they might actually okay. be willing to retain and they have the retention slots to do it. Yeah, I knew, I knew they had the slots. I didn't realize that. So, yeah, then go for it. <laughs> so that's what I say. <laughs> yep. Go for it. But make sure Grubauer is back and he's like really back. Right. Like having play this, having Drieger play this game the way that he played this game buys you the ability to really let Grubauer nurse the injury, get all the way back before, you know, he comes back out there because the last thing you want is this kind of continuous, you know, comes back a little too early, re-aggravates it, has to go and sit again. Then, you you know, you you have to do that whole song and dance all over again. And that's something that we've seen from, from goaltenders before RJ. And so I just really don't want to see that with Philip Grubauer this season. Having Drieger around means you can really, really take your time with Grubauer. Yeah, that is important organizational depth, especially, you know, if something were to happen to Grubauer again, you don't necessarily want, you know, Joey and Stetska as your as your goalie tandem. I wouldn't necessarily feel safe with that. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, Sam here, real quick, before I'm going to start kind of jumping more towards the more recent stuff in chat. With World Juniors fully underway, what have been your thoughts on all our Kraken representatives so far? Mentioned a bit on uh, Chalet and Razor. What about the others? Shane's doing good right now also. Yeah, I mean, Shane kills it with the Firebirds. Uh, just to real quickly go over the, the, the other ones. I mean, Zeb's doing what I thought he would do with Team Sweden, which is bottom six role. That's what he's been doing in the Swedish Hockey League this year. He's really, really kind of developed into a good player at that kind of bottom six, you know, kind of defensive four checking type role. He's doing well with uh, Team Sweden as they're looking to rebound at this year's tournament. The Finland guys, uh, Newman and Coco, I haven't watched any of the fin Finland games yet. Uh, so I haven't, I can't totally speak on that. From what I hear though, Newman looks really good. And from what I hear, this, you know, the stats look bad for Coco. It looks rough, but everybody's saying he isn't actually playing that bad. So uh, sorry, Sam, I got to watch the Finland games. It's been really busy between the holidays and packing to, to travel up there. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I do hope that's the case for Coco because he had a lot that he could really gain at this tournament and kind of seize that opportunity. And I really wanted him to. I don't yeah. know if you've seen and anything. Uh, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I just kind of watched the highlights and everything, but I, I thought this was interesting on, on Rakoff, Sam pointing out, given that you mentioned Vonacek, I just realized that the second round pick we got in return for him became Rakoff, taken a few years, but the trade might have been worth it. I'd say so. I would definitely say so in that in that situation. Yeah, yeah, that's that's been really good. That's a that's a good one to know. Um, okay. Oh, yeah. And then Ty Nelson, right, getting added to Team Canada, and he picked up a couple apples today, I think. So, yeah. Well, like everyone on the team did. Yeah, well, they did. They did. <laughs> um, Shay, we all know I've been conducting the Lars for Captain Train, but who would you replace his A with? My money is on Vince or Jared. Um, I could see McCann having an A on his chest one day, RJ. Yeah, I think I would go McCann. I mean, certainly, like, nobody cares on the team more than he does. Um, you know, he hates to lose, you know, and he's kind of more of a quiet leader type, but um, I, I think he would do well with an A. Yeah, I, Vince I, might have to keep the temper down before we go with that. Yeah, I would agree with that as well. Uh, Rebecca, about the empty net goals. Looks like the Kraken are tied with a bunch of teams for seventh this season at three empty net goals. We've had 10 scored on us, so that probably feels bad, man, though. Yeah, it's been I mean, there's a lot of times, RJ, where it feels like they just can't quite get it down the ice when the other team's got the net empty. Yeah, I, <laughs> it makes you, you know, bite your nails even more toward the end. I mean, Let's see how many times. Uh, like, when was the last time we can remember they gave up a, a tying goal six on five? Though, like, they generally they it's generally close time. it out. Yeah, it's been a while for sure. I mean, because they haven't played the Stars that much. I was just gonna say it's because <laughs> we haven't ended up in that situation against the Dallas Stars. That's of course. That's, those are the automatic ones. Um, <laughs> let's see, Stratic. I feel like the last game against the Ducks was not goalie friendly for Joey, but on the whole, yes, they've been helping their goaltenders more. Um, <laughs> Demirs. Uh, PK has become a big strength of this team, which is very welcome. Definitely. Sean, 5-0-2 in the last seven. Let's go Kraken. Nice pass from McCann on Wenberg's goal. How about that done pass to Spring Yammer's breakaway goal? Kraken moving on up in the Pacific Division. I mean, I, I know we talked about it earlier, RJ, but the pass, it just, it just deserves it one more time stretch pass through threading the needle through the hole through all of those guys. I mean, that pass passes at least eight players on the ice, right? Yeah, I'm kind of counting in my head. It it passes through a lot of players, and the Flames are just they're they're generally in position to defend. Yeah, you just nobody sees that coming. Like that that's the kind of play that I mean, you'll see some of the best defense in the league make. Eric Carlson's made a few passes like that, like last season that helped him win the Norris, where uh, no one's expecting a pass like that to be completed. 
Oh, definitely. No, no, you're never expecting that pass to be uh, completed. And Yamamoto has been pretty automatic on breakaways this year, too, which is something that the crack could have struggled with kind of historically speaking, whether it's been their top shooters, their, you know, the guys who aren't so great. I don't ever think of the Kraken as a team that can always kind of capitalize on the breakaways. Maybe that's because prior to this year, most of those breakaways were just Brandon Tanev. Yeah, probably. I know Tanev still can't get it done. But Yamamoto, I mean, he's worked his way into the shootout lineup. He's been a shootout shooter yeah. a few times. And, you know, that's not easy to convince Haxtell to make a change on. No. So I've seen good things from him in practice, too, on the breakaways. He's got some moves. Yeah. And that's not always on Brandon Tanev. He had another opportunity tonight, but, you know, just bounced over his stick. Uh, but, yeah, it's, it's if you've been around for, for all three seasons, you know the story there. Um, Lindsay, would be great to take advantage of the Flyers on the second half of a back to back and get another win on Friday. I mean, it would be good to get a win anytime, RJ. But, yes, that does seem like it's going to be an interesting one. I'm kind of curious to see this Flyers team that is just kind of not going away or turning into what anybody thought they should be. Right. And that's a team that maybe you think, okay, they're on the second half of a back to back, but you certainly can't take them lightly. You can't assume that they're going to be light in the legs because they're a John Tortorella coach team. And those teams <laughs> are going to try all 60 minutes or else the coach is going to get really mad at them. And so they yes. have that kind of hanging over them all season. They're going to put in the full effort. But I think, you know, there's enough Kraken players like, you know, Oliver Bjorkstrand certainly knows how that is. He's going to make sure the guys don't take it lightly. Yeah. Hey, look, I'm just happy we're not in the conference with them. Right. So the uh, the odds of John Tortorella getting so upset and coming down and trying to fight the entire Kraken locker room by himself, probably low for this one. Yeah, I think so. I can't see Dave Haxtall annoying him to that point either. As far as other coaches that might go him into it. Hack's not one of those. <laughs> it would be so funny if Tortorella did like confront him in some that kind of way. I just see Dave Haxtall being like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> I don't think he'd react. He'd just have the same expression he always has and just look like Tortorella could grab him around and just use He'd do that. I think he'd do that one like kind of look where he goes. Like, huh? <laughs> yeah. I think that's what he would do. Uh Coop, Ducks just beat Vegas. Great. Now we've got angry Vegas coming to town. Really hope the Kings lose to Vegas so they are fat and happy and confident coming in so we can surprise them. Yeah. Did you watch Dylan? Did you watch the episode of the, the Road to the Winter Classic, the one that came out today? I think it was the third episode. No, I haven't watched that one yet. Okay. It was interesting. They were kind of framing it like two teams heading in opposite directions, you know, in the standings, kind of going to meet each other in the winter classic where the Kraken were the team on the upswing and the and Vegas was the team on the downswing, which is really interesting. They kind of glossed over that eight game losing streak, but <laughs> that's the narrative they kind of went with. I mean, look, they're, they they need a narrative, right? You need that to, to sell it, especially doing a show like that uh, in a sport like hockey, where it's not like the players or teams are really going to give you any sort of narrative to work with beyond just whether or not they're winning. Uh, so I, I understand that. And maybe, maybe there is something to that. I don't know. I, I I don't know. I think the Kraken are going to be playing well. Like I said, it's an outdoor game. That's the great equalizer. It's going to be close no matter what. I still feel strongly about that. I don't see this ever being like a three goal game. Yeah, no, I think I like they've lost two games in regulation for the first time all season. Oh, no. <laughs> I just found it funny. But yeah, it's going to be a close game. 
That being said, RJ, if ever there was a team to take a two-game losing streak as though it's like the most personal slight they've ever experienced in their lives, it's the team with Mark Stone and Jack Eichel leading the way. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if they can make a Morgan Geeky stick twirl, you know, into something that just fires them up, you know, they can they can do that with anything. Yeah, I mean, fourth loss in a row for Vegas now with one game against LA to go. They could be on a five-game losing streak coming into the Winter Classic. Oh, now, now I'm starting to believe in all of this. Oh, this is scary. I know. I don't like this. <laughs> I don't like this either. Um, let's see. Uh, Stratic, I'm concerned a bit that the last two wins have kind of been goalie wins. The money puck deserved a winometer. Was not a fan of the Kraken effort in either. Still looking for the team to level up. So, I mean, I get where Stratic would be coming from here, RJ. Right? They're they're one goal games. That's something to you know. Obviously, you're not like dominating. You're not putting these teams away. I will say though, you know. Yeah, I think you could throw the LA game, the the one in LA in there as well. I think the Kraken are doing fine, right? They're capitalizing on their opportunities. They are generating chances. They're generating a good amount of chances. And look, if the saves are easy, then yes, it's just like before when they were always, when we were talking about, in essence, them maybe manipulating the money puck winometer by just taking a ton of shots and a ton of shots in close. And they weren't really good quality chances, but it's feeding into that, you know, that uh, algorithm or whatever it is you want to call it. I feel like now they're just doing the opposite, right? They're allowing a bunch of those kind of garbage opportunities and it's making it look like, oh my gosh, they're getting outplayed like crazy. But I just, like I test wise, yes, tonight's game was close and it could have gone either way, but I didn't feel like they were ever outplayed. Yeah, I agree with you completely. I think you're seeing that phenomenon in reverse, basically, where these other teams are getting a bunch of low quality shots. And really over the first you know, two and a half seasons, right? People have asked us, we've gotten in chat so many times on post game. What is it the Kraken are doing that, you know, just every goalie against feels like are just world beaters, no matter, you know, how good or bad they are, you know, is it the way that they're playing? And, and I think, you know, and our own goalies, you know, struggle on very few shots against, I think you're kind of seeing the inverse of that for the first time, maybe ever in a sustained stretch for the Kraken um, where, you know, I'm sure on the Calgary side, it's like, look, we got 37 shots, 38 shots on net against a goalie who hasn't played in the NHL in over 600 days and we just make him look great. Right. But I think part of that is what the Kraken are doing and, and the system that they have. Um, and when you see the consistent results, you know, where you have Joey almost setting saves records twice and then Drieger doing that again, I think might, it might be, you know, down to the way that they're playing. I agree. And I think that that's, that's certainly uh, part of it. And I wasn't trying to say striatic, by the way, that you were saying that they got like totally outplayed. That wasn't really part of your comment. I was just trying to make a point. Um, okay. Let's see. Uh, Stratic, will uh, who will cry if we lose Chris on waivers based on this win? I'd be happy if he gets another shot somewhere though. Uh, yeah. I mean that that's, that would be a part of this too, right? He would have to, depending on how long it is, he'd have to clear waivers or no, he's still on the emergency loan. Uh, I believe so. Let me, check cat friendly because again they they don't have two healthy goalies yeah yeah so if he's on an emergency loan then he shouldn't have to clear waivers and we don't have yeah to he's still on an emergency loan yeah there we go although i mean strategically you know at some point if grubauer was magically healthy tomorrow you know do you you, you know you because you can put a player on waivers whenever you don't have to yeah. like do it necessarily you know do you put him on waivers and be like hey look at this game he had last night any takers come on I don't yeah. think there would be, but well, we just talked about it, right? Like you, you could conceivably retain some money and potentially get an asset back for him from a goaltending needy team, right? Like I would, I wouldn't put him on waivers, dangle him that way. I'd, I'd try the trade block first. 
Yeah, I, I would too. I think, I guess with waivers also, it allows you, because I think if you were to clear waivers, then he he like kind of resets that clock where it's another, you know, 10 days or 10 games yes. or 30 days or whatever on the roster. And then, you know, if he doesn't get picked up, then you still have that clock. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Uh, or Fugel, what winter classic jersey did y'all get or are getting? I got Bjorkstrand. Uh, good choice, because that's what this one is. <laughs> yep, still, it also got Bjorkstrand. I think yeah. I'm going to wait till uh, till afterward. Yes. Uh, defense tonight was weirdly good and yet also bad, in my opinion. There were a lot of bad turnovers, thinking about that one that led to Kraken players being stuck on the ice for two minutes uh, from B. There were some stretches in this one, RJ, where, you know, to kind of, you know, we just talked about this in a different way. But there were some stretches where I do feel like right now the Kraken are struggling to clear the zone at times, right? Like they're playing a very conservative defense. They're making sure that the other team's staying to the perimeter. But that's also meaning nobody's kind of taking that chance to go and, and really get the puck, move that puck up ice, try to get it out of the zone, get that line change. And I do feel like when it's in this, you know, say second period and you're already having to deal with that long change, it, it can be a really difficult thing for them. Yeah, there were some unforced errors for sure. And I mean, I, to their credit, I guess they they did recover well on most of those and went back and defended once it was in their own zone pretty well. But still, puck management was a key, especially early on in this game. And, and especially at the start, you know, the second period, you're like, OK, this needs to be cleaned up if the Kraken are going to win the game. And it was cleaned up just enough. But it's one of those areas where if I'm going back and looking at the film as a coaching staff, I'm going to point out a few of those plays and, and remind the D, OK, Next time this kind of thing happens, let's make the cleaner play here. Let's make the safer play here, which actually, you know, they do that sort of stuff. I thought the the episode of the Road to the Winter Classic was really interesting uh, today because it showed those video coach meetings where in between periods, it, like at the intermission, Hackstall and the coaching staff were going and meeting with the video coaches, Tim Ohashi and Brady Morgan, and asking for a few different clips to go and show the players at intermission. And they had like a minute to get those ready to go and show the guys. So it kind of gave an interesting window into some of the video that the coaches use during intermissions mid game. And maybe they did show them some of that, like after the first and second periods. Yeah, no. And well, that's, that's what the job is, right? That's why video coaching is yep. so important. I've, I've talked about this since day one of doing ECH, how important it is and what an amazing job those guys do. And uh, you're <laughs> very much echoing Zoe here, uh, who, who's saying the same thing about uh, what made today's episode so cool. Um, Daniel, Ben Ebtar, hit me with your best shot line has been awesome. I see what you're doing there with the Pat Benatar <laughs> uh, thing with the line. Yeah, because it's no no Matteo card, RJ. So we do need a, a new nickname, everybody, for that line. Now that Tatar's on there with Everly and Benier, it's going to be. Yeah, that's going to be something. That one's going to be hard to beat. Yep. Uh, Team Spindle, should Hackstall continue to keep Schultz a healthy scratch? Team's winning with Evans in the lineup. Evan looked good. We talked about it on the deep dive. We don't see that change at any time soon. Yeah, as long as Evans keeps playing like this, absolutely. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Sam, the Flyers not sucking this year has also been one of those underrated stories. Maybe Couturier finally being healthy might contribute. Wonder what they'll look like once they can get Mitchkov to come over. Oh, I got some exciting stuff to talk about with that, RJ, on the red glare because uh, different things coming out of Russia as to when 
players can leave Russia now. So I yeah. saw some of those new uh, news items. That'll be interesting to talk about. <laughs> yes, definitely. Um, all right, uh, Sean. Hey, Dylan, kudos on your Seattle Metropolitan's documentary video. Excellent research and production. I haven't seen any other more informative coverage of the history of pro hockey in Seattle. Daniel echoing those. Thank you both very much. Yeah, I mean, it was something that I had done back when the channel first started, like before the Kraken expansion draft, before any of that stuff. And I wanted to like re-up it for this because, it, you know, of how important it is and everything and i went back and i watched it and i went yikes <laughs> that was obviously very <laughs> early on in our youtube careers so i went ahead i re i, I redid everything added some new stuff in there and uh yeah no i was really excited to get that out finally and and hope everybody enjoys it and i see demir's uh where's the where's the video i need a link uh it's on the channel so if you're watching this on youtube you can just well there you go rj just posted it so Yep. I don't know it if that'll like. work, actually, if it's the clickable link or not, but uh, there it is. But it's on the channel. Yeah. It's one of the most recent videos, yeah. so you can go find it. Yeah, yeah. It should be pretty easy to see uh, there. Uh, Rebecca, speaking of Riker, awesome that he got a win in front of his family and friends. Yes. I mean, that was one of the stories for this one, too, RJ, was the fact that uh, his mom, you know, dropping him off at the rink, just just like all the NHL players have, right? <laughs> I know that's great, <laughs> you know, especially coming off the holiday break. I'm sure spending some time with his family there. You're already where the next game is going to be. Um, yeah, that's great for Riker Evans. And um, I was hoping for maybe a first career goal. Probably too much to ask mm -hmm. in a two to one game like this. But he played really well. He did, he was trying for it, right? Like he was mm -hmm. he was really shooting. And what I like about him when he goes to take a shot, RJ, is he really walks it in. He really makes sure he can get in there. And they're good looks. Like I watch them and I go, wow, that's that's a defenseman who really understands what he's doing here. It's it's got to be just a matter of time for him. Yeah, it, it's coming for sure. And I remember after he got his first career point, because that was one of the home games we were talking about, like media availabilities with him. We just got one like, let's, you know, let's wait for his first NHL goal. And and I know there's certainly a feeling around here that, that it's coming pretty soon. Oh, it has to be. I mean, he had 14 shots coming into this one. I, I mean, he, he must have had a handful tonight, too. I mean, I don't know. Maybe they all sailed high. I know one of them, Tatar, tipped high. Uh one more tonight so yeah i mean 15 shots he's he's due he's due for sure yeah, definitely um at one point tonight they mentioned chris tanev but i heard prince tanev and now i can't unhear it from tammy that's great i hope you never unhear that <laughs> just hear that forever i think that's awesome yeah <laughs> now now i'm gonna be curious i gotta go watch a flames game and i, I and see uh See if I hear it too, because that's that's really cool. Um, let's see. Daniel wish the old arena was still there. Yeah, I mean, that would be really cool to have, you know, such a historic building like that still in Seattle. You know, the building that uh that you know won a Stanley Cup. Like that's that's cool. <laughs> like the first one yeah. in America. It's cool. What is it now, right now? It's uh I believe it's an IBM build like IBM building, but it's uh 1205th was it avenue uh it's fifth uh -huh. and university is the corner it's, it's 1200 is the address and it does have the plaque there for that and you can kind of you know there's a little courtyard there where things were so you can kind of look out and see it so if you're ever downtown walking around go to fifth and university you can read the plaque uh for the old uh mm -hmm. seattle arena it's, it's pretty cool um let's see stratic any concern about the teams we are chasing for the wild card also surging right now multiple western teams around 540 points percentage plus the arizona coyotes really need to stop winning already uh no yes there is concern uh stratic no yes there is uh <laughs> there is concern <laughs> i'm concerned rj because i i've been saying this every day i i watch these other games and i just go stop 
Like, what's wrong with you? Minnesota, St. Louis, what are you doing? The new coach thing should be worn off by now. Like, stop it. Go back to being bad. It feels like it's getting more ridiculous, too. I mean, you look at Arizona yeah. tonight, down 4 nothing against Colorado, coming back to win 5-4 to four in overtime. I mean, come on. I, yes. I, Arizona is the most concerning to me because they just have the air of that team where it's like they're it's major league, right? It's it's the the, the maybe the ownership and the, the the front office doesn't want this team to be winning yet. Right. This is way too early for this team. They still want to be accumulating things and, and doing their their shenanigans. And the team is just like, no, we're going to save Mullet Arena. We're going to make sure they can't move this team. We're going to make hockey work in Arizona. And they're just going out there and they're winning as much as they can. Like literally, it's like they all watched Major League before the season started. And they are just like, hey, let's do that this year. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, those coyotes. Uh, yeah, I I think the part part of the problem though is is with Minnesota and St. Louis. They were in the same boat the Kraken were in, right? They lost a ton at the beginning, and Edmonton. They lost a ton at the beginning, and now they're just kind of regressing to be you know back to where they should have been all along, which is a slightly above average team, kind of with the Kraken. And so it's just as the Kraken are bouncing back, they're all bouncing back too. And so it's just kind of created this weird nobody moves at all. It's all stagnant in the Western Conference standings. Love it. Uh, my Ren, missed the beginning of chat. Is this the best they've ever looked coming back from a break, albeit a shorter one? So I think this is something worth talking about, RJ. I know people were talking about it in um, the, the game chat on Discord before the game started today. I, I think it might be, right? Kraken historically bad coming off multi-day breaks. This This was a pretty good effort from them. Right. I was worried about their ability to kind of keep everything going after a three day break. Uh, when you look at the Kraken historically over longer breaks, they have not fared well. Certainly the closer you get to the start of the franchise, um, they've, they've done pretty poorly coming back from breaks. I mean, you look at the all star break last year and the first game back afterward, probably their worst game of the season, their worst performance. Um, yeah. But you know what? They didn't let it get to them over this holiday break. And it's really good to see. And maybe that's one of those things that kind of historically that's been a part of their identity that they're putting in the past. Yeah. And I, I think it was. And I kind of got that sense at the after the um, the Anaheim game, just being around the team. They felt very much like they were still dialed in. Like, yes, there was Riker who was getting his suitcases together because he was going to go and, and fly out of there. And Shore was going to go and fly out. I actually bef on my way up back up to do the do the um, post game live. I was in the elevator with shore who had all his suitcases and bags. He was all excited to get going. Um, but it was, I, they just felt like a team that was going to be able to carry that momentum forward. And I don't know that we've ever like I've, I've ever gotten that vibe from them before, but I had it this time and it was great to see that that happened because you know what, RJ going to have a lot of breaks in January. Look at that schedule. It's very light on games, right? They've been, they've been the team playing the most games in the NHL up until this point. The rest of the league's going to catch up over the month of January. And so I think it's important that they can kind of prove to themselves that, hey, we can keep all that momentum. We can stay hot with a couple days off in between where we can get healthy, work on some some things in practice. I think that's got to be big for the boys. Yeah. And just look at the standings. Realize we've got unfinished business here. You, you can't afford to let your guard down. Yes. Um, Jessica, yes, Metropolitan's video was great, and I haven't seen much else out there. Worried they're going to gloss over the stuff at the Winter Classic because they don't own the Metro's rights. I don't know that they would do it because they don't own the rights. Like, they could still show old pictures and stuff like that. Really, the rights would just impact their, their ability to sell things. Um, 
I'm worried that they're just going to kind of gloss over it because it seems like they're making a bigger deal about like Seattle sports in general with all the people that they're bringing in from all the other Seattle sports teams. And just the fact that, yes, we haven't heard anything kind of related to them really kind of honoring that hockey history in Seattle. Right. And I went to T-Mobile Park the other day and they had a media availability with Steve Meyer, who's kind of in charge of the, the rink construction, and everything. And so he was talking about all the important elements, you know, to be included in the presentation. He talked about having, you know, Seattle sports legends there at second intermission. You know, he talked about emphasizing the the nautical history that Seattle has and, you know, and all the maritime stuff with the, the shipwreck and all this, stuff. you know, the water that's going to be involved. Not much mention of the Seattle Metropolitans and the history there. I'm sure there'll be some that's worked into it, but I don't know that it's going to be a lot. I also think it's very strange, RJ, that we haven't heard anything about the major junior teams. And this is something that is a larger conversation around the Kraken. But I, I do feel like a lot of times it, could, it gets glossed over that, you know, yes, the NHL was gone from the Seattle area and Washington for a long time, but hockey wasn't. Right. Especially now that you got Wenatchee coming in, like you've got six teams, if you count Portland in that area in the United States, in the WHL. And I don't feel like that always gets acknowledged. Either. Right. And I, I would have liked to see if they could have arranged maybe a, a, a junior game, you know, at yeah. that venue and uh, you've seen that happen in the past where they've been able to do that for these outdoor games and i've never heard anything more than kind of rumblings you know third person type accounts you know um or third hand i mean type accounts but it seemed like maybe there was an effort to try and get something like that going and for whatever reason it didn't work out um i would hope that the city's junior hockey history is involved in some way because it's it's such a big part of of what seattle is as a hockey city and a community and the whole area, you know, whether it's Everett, uh, you know, Kent or, you know, even as far out as Spokane and the rest of the state. Yeah, exactly. So that's something that I've, I've always been kind of wanting is is to get in there. Um, let's see. Uh, I think our best performance after a little break in time was the playoffs. Pretty sure they had a few days off after game 82. Uh, Three days yeah. off they did. It was yep. the same as this one. Yep. There you go. Um, let's see, Sam. The curse of Russ's benching probably caused some bad mojo in Colorado. Only reason they blew the game. <laughs> is he, he going to be one of them uh, Seattle sports legends coming back, RJ? I mean, he really <laughs> helped them out with that trade. <laughs> Can you imagine if Russ just showed up at the Winter Classic? <laughs> the reception. That would be something. That would definitely be something. And then uh, we'll probably close it out. Oh, never mind. We won't close it out on, on that. Uh, I'll get to your comment there in just a second, Stratic. But Jeremiah with the super chat here. I wanted to say I super enjoyed the doc about the Metropolitans. Also, what a great bunch of uh, games. Glad to see the Kraken rolling for the classic. I'm so bummed we're not coming. Hope it's a blast. Thank you very much for the super chat, Jeremiah there. Again, everybody go check out the sports beer. Doing great w uh, great NHL coverage every night over on his channel and uh yeah man would have been great to great to meet you if you'd been able to come down that would have been awesome yeah definitely and i'm sure we'll, we'll find a way to see you at some point i'm sure you'll come down for a game uh you know all the way from alaska <laughs> it's a, it's a bit of a trek um but thank you for the super chat there jeremiah yes definitely all right so stratic uh the only problem with the metropolitan's video is there's no citation sources that i can find i'm guessing it pulls from the book when it mattered most but i'm not sure i actually didn't use that book at all so it was i had all the citations and everything in the original videos 
and nobody watched them, right? Like YouTube can show me like how long people stay in the video and like when they all leave and everybody would leave right at the end of the story. Nobody would stay for the citations. And I want, I needed to keep it as close to 20 or preferably under 20 minutes total if possible to get people to click on it. So it's like a whole like algorithm thing. So that's why they're not in the video. I've just been too busy to be able to put them into the description because I do have them from the old descriptions and get them in there. But yes, actually I did not use that book at all actually was that book published when i um did the original ones that's a good question right because isn't that book newer uh let's see i'm looking it up right now published in 2019 okay so, so it, it was it yeah. was around yeah it was around um but yeah no i actually didn't end up using that it was just it's in, internet searches just that's it right using <laughs> using the sources like i i don't know i just did i did the college route i i just looked up you know as much as i could find from things uh tr you know don't take anything if you just see it once right try to see what lines up from multiple different things use the old newspaper stuff right go and try to find all the scanned in um scanned in newspaper documents and stuff because that certainly exists especially later from 19 19 really forward there's still a ton of the the newspaper stuff if you can go out there and find it and so you can just read up from like the the box scores of the games and and read the actual you know journalists who were covering the team at the time it's really kind of cool so that's uh that's kind of what i did for it um becca why no women featured uh amongst the seattle sports legends we have some of the best in the world it's a good point becca <laughs> Definitely. Really and I, you know, I, I'm hoping that the list that they gave us in the press release is not an exhaustive list and it's not everybody. And maybe there's some extra, although of course, you know, if you're going to have like a, you know, a Sue Bird or, you know, Megan Rapinoe or whatever, you'd like to put them on that list so that everybody knows they're, they're coming. I think that's certainly a name, you know, the name's worth advertising. Hopefully, you know, we see, I mean, again, I don't know if I'm sure they reached out to more people than are actually going to come. Let's hope they reached out to some women and maybe they just couldn't make it. Yeah, but, that would uh, be nice. That's you're absolutely right, Becca. Um, I mean, and look, they announce a lot of different athletes that they have at Kraken games. Nobody gets a bigger cheer than Sue Bird when she's at a Kraken mm -hmm. game. Oh yeah, definitely. No, I, it's it's one of those things that I, hopefully it was they they tried to do that and uh, they just couldn't make it happen because otherwise it's uh, not the greatest look. That's for sure. Uh, that being said, I'm still super excited for the Winter Classic, RJ. Excited to get back up there, see everybody. Excited to maybe check out that Pioneer Square um, you know, location for Fat Sick Pub, RJ, because I've only been to the South Lake Union location. Really pretty cool to check out a second location, see what they've got going on. Yeah, definitely. And, and you know what? The flat stick pup, they all look different. They all have kind of a distinctive look about them. I was checking out the one at the Kirkland waterfront the other day, and it just looks so different than the one in South Lake Union. It's really kind of built for where it is. So, I mean, you, you really haven't, you know, if you've seen one, you haven't seen them all. Yes, yes. And I see your comment there, Rebecca. Look, it, no, it wasn't like normally what I did in college. There's not academic papers on hockey history, unfortunately, that I'm able to go and find. <laughs> so internet searches is like the level you got to do. But it's I just meant like the legwork aspect of it, right? When you're researching for papers in college, you got to put in that legwork. You can't just use one book per se. So uh, that's that's what I was going for there. Trust me, I wish like 
what is it JSTOR or whatever had like hockey mm-hmm. history academic papers i would be all over that i maybe if jeff merrick's at the winter classic i'll talk with him we could set something up because i'm sure he would help uh get something like that going oh for sure that would be we a gotta lot arrange fun. that that would be a lot of fun especially even if it was just like pulling all the old newspapers together like if you could create a hockey database of everything like say that's like over 100 years old all those newspaper clippings and, and box scores and all that that could be really really cool hmm yeah all right, I'm gonna a have to historian that's this. working on that. Stuff. I was just right, gonna yeah, say, we'll... I gotta have to think about this. But thank you everybody for joining us for this one. Really awesome. Crack and keep it rolling, and uh, they're gonna carry that momentum into Friday night's game against the Flyers. I'll be up there for that. Can't wait to to do that. Can't wait to see everybody, and we'll see you all next time.